Season's greetings. More like season's compliments because compliments are guaranteed after making the leap to skincare with Caldera Lab. And I'm talking about how you look today and 20 years from now. The results are incredible in little time. Min Skincare and Caldera Lab are the perfect pair for you to look and feel your best. Super easy to add to your morning and nightly routine. Clear skin, less wrinkles and signs of aging. Enough said. Calera Lab Skincare, join the 100,000 men who trust Calera Lab to show your best first impression this autumn. Get 20% off with the promo code SEVEREMMA over at CalderaLab.com. I've been using Calera Lab now for a good while, and you know me and Graham, we're staying up late. We're watching flights, and we need it at night, and we need it in the morning, and it really does help out. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen is exactly what you need to start that all off. It leads to our product line. It's a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Caldera Lab knows the skincare world is heavily female-driven, and it's been the Wild West for men for a long time. That's why they're here, just to make everything simple. So the regimen includes three products, the clean slate, base layer, and the good. Very easy. Clean set starts your day. It's a face wash, leaves all skin types refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And in the good is your go to before you go to bed. It's a multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of the serum is packed by tr- packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. And the Calera Lab Icon Serum as well, that's absolutely brilliant. It, it addresses the three most common skin concerns around the eye, fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness, which I know every MMA fan needs. Calera Lab is a leader in men's skincare, made only with the top-tier ingredients, Clinical trials uh, have found 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger appearance after using Calera Lab for a few weeks. Proven. One minute morning and night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles, fine lines and sides of aging. So this is a deal just for our audience. Exclusive deal. You're not beating this offer. Use the promo code SEVEREMMA at CalderaLab.com. And get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with the promo code SEVEREMA at CalderaLab.com to make unforgettable first impressions with the best gift this holiday season. 20% off at CalderaLab.com with the code SEVEREMMA. This week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the MMA Trivia Championship. It's the world's first MMA trivia card set. 500 of the hardest questions from the world's toughest sport, featuring questions from across the MMA world, including UFC, Pride FC, Bellator, PFL, WC, and Strike Force. Do you have what it takes to become an MMA trivia champion? Dive into 500 of the most formidable MMA questions ready to push you and your friends to the limit. Perfect for the MMA fanatic in your life this Christmas. Prove who amongst you is the real MMA trivia goat. Order online now at MMATriviaChampionship.com and receive a Christmas discount. That's MMATriviaChampionship.com. Hardcore or casual, it's time to throw down. If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA Podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, Patreon.com forward slash Severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. 
Sam McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of SevereMMA.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. 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 The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 447 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheen, aka the pod god, the Christmas podcast legend. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Jo- nailed it. Joined today by the um, Louis Van Hall of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as uh, we talk about UFC 296. It was. A very eventful card. It was, I would say, a card that on paper looked absolutely amazing and um, didn't really deliver the higher we got. Obviously, it started in, on the main card and he went very, very well. We had a fun fight between Paddy Pimblett and Tony Ferguson for a while and in three kind of little bit of damn screws we will get into uh, we will get into all that Graham you're over in Brazil how are how things how, how's it going over there is it warm you tired you jet lagged how, how's life yeah I don't know if I'm jet lagged or, or I usually don't get jet lagged but um, I watched the UFC last night and went to sleep absolutely wrecked and then woke up two hours later and couldn't go back to sleep so I don't know if you know the heat or jet lag it's only three hours different so it's probably, I don't know what it is maybe just just I'm, I'm Irish and I'm in scorching heat and I'm not made for this. <laughs> what temperature is it over there? Um, at the moment, it's it's in the in the thirties. But uh, oh I think, fuck that! Yeah, like oh, a month before it was like forty seven, forty eight. I was like, oh, if it's that, I'm gonna die. Like, so I'm happy enough with thirties to be honest, compared to what it was. Is, Bra- enough. is Brazil the opposite hemisphere? Does is it summer there? Yeah, it's just summer now. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Christmas summer over here. That's nice. If you. Uh, Brazilian barbecues on the beach and stuff, and down to go down to Copacabana and have a few. Can I don't know? Dining well, Copacabana's in Rio. <laughs> Rio, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Even that part of Brazil, but uh, yeah, that'd be nice. I'd be sure. A bit of a change. I've always fancied a, a different Christmas. I went to I went to Manchester for one Christmas, and that was the only time I ever was away for Christmas. So, be nice. Creme Manchester is pretty similar to uh, similar enough to I'd say in terms of in terms of the Christmas kind of etiquette. Yes, indeed. Um, all right, let's talk about UFC 296. Um, it was a weird build-up this week, I suppose. For the first time in a long time, I think, the press conference and the the fight week had a massive effect on the card. Oh, like, it feels like we haven't had like a big weight miss or a big fight or anything mad happen in a while. And I suppose that's because maybe the lack of the very top stars uh, that have been fighting in the last year. You know, obviously with McGregor out, with John Jones uh, only fighting once and then getting injured and all. But this week, we definitely have it, had it, obviously, with the Ian Gary uh, situation. We'll talk about that in a second. But also with the Colby Covington, Leon Edwards, uh, kind of uh, madness, I suppose, at the press conference. It was uh, it was like the old days again there for a while, Graham, wasn't it? Were you following over in Brazil? I know you were traveling and stuff, but there was a bit of the old madness that we were used to back in the days, MMA fans. Yeah, I suppose when you put Covington and Strickland in the same, same press conference, there's, there's going to be something controversial or something going on. But uh, yeah, you're right. It, it seemed like... Well, a good few years ago, five or six years ago at this stage, there used to be one of these press conferences every couple of months that, you know, there'd be a lot of news stories from. But over the last few years, they've just been kind of plain and boring and 
you know, obviously some people prefer that. They don't, they prefer everybody to be respectful and stuff. But in terms of like intrigue and the narrative going in, no matter which way you think of it, I think it made more people interested and probably, you know, ended up putting more money in pay-per-view buys in, in people's pockets. So, yeah, I could see why people might not like some of the things being saying, being said, but I think I'm just completely numb to all of this stuff. And it just, it's, you know, to me, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I I just think, obviously it was called me with Leon here. I, I think we have been pretty consistent over the years talking about Colby on this podcast and just kind of ignoring the shtick and talking about his fights because really like the whole persona, the whole shtick and all, it, it's it's very fake in terms of like he's obviously doing it just for a reaction or reaction yeah. from one side and support from the other side. And does anyone truly believe that he actually thinks well, that I think he's uh, people who came recently maybe don't know, but people who've been following MMA for a long time and seen Kobe Covington when he was first in the UFC and how different he was in every way, personality wise and stuff, and how he kind of, you know, in order to make himself a quote star or make himself popular or whatever, get himself into big fights, he kind of, you know, did the stick and made a bit of noise and said controversial things and no matter what you kind of say, like he got, it worked for him, you know, he's getting title shots after, after years of, of nothing. So it's kind of, in my opinion, it's kind of hard to argue with the results. If he had just been wrestling people, without saying anything, he probably would have been cut years ago. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that that's, that's actually very, it's true. Like you can't deny that. But I think the weird thing about Colby is he, and I, like, it's true in that the UFC view him that way. I don't know if the numbers actually put put that out there that he, he is a massive draw or anything like that. Now he's done well at kind of getting rivalries, I suppose, especially this week. But I, I I always found the Colby thing weird, right? Because, you know, it's obviously like this political fucking left versus right thing is everything is Jesus. But like if you're the opposite of what Colby is saying, you're not gonna like him. But if you are one of the people that Colby is let's let's say a parry a par, a par, a par, what what's the word be? Parry parody? Pandering, pandering. No, and like being a parody of parodying, parodying. There you go. Um, would you not be like mad at him? Like he's taking the piss out of. Like let's say you're a Trump supporting right winger or whatever. He's like taking the piss out of you. I don't know why those people like him. He's literally, like literally. Do you think they even know that idiots. it's a stick, or do they think That's that the he's thing. just like this yeah. week as well? You know that video came out where he was like, and now there's a few ways of looking at it. He, he either said, "Oh, I thought it was all a character," but well, I actually thought he said, th- "Like I, I hadn't seen the." The kind of people saying that and when i heard it i thought he said thought i was a character because leon had said to him oh you're just a character and all this stuff a couple of days before yeah. so that's what i thought but then the translation obviously came up and uh that's just like one person doing the translation's opinion and obviously people are going to say well i said it there but either but he, way like he is a character <laughs> I, I don't think he knows this camera's in his face he knows he's not going to say that yeah he's like if or whatever you say about kobe he's not like you may think he's stupid, but he's not stupid in terms of... But also, you know, also, uh, Graham, hold on, just for a second. He was also dressed as, like, fucking Alexander Hamilton or whatever in the part he was talking about. So, like, he, he was literally dressed as a character. So this is, not, this is not about opinion or anything like that. He was, like, literally dressed as a character. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I, I think just, the dispute was where he said, oh, I was just in character, or it yeah. was, oh, Leon, I thought, why are you mad? Basically, I thought... You, you're just saying everything I say is just bullshit on the character so why you exactly. get so mad exactly so that's all around we, that, that's, that's that on Colby I suppose but at the same time like 
he did say, well, I'm going to take you to hell and we'll meet your father there. And obviously talking about Leon Edwards' father that got murdered. And, you know, Dana White even after the, the fight was like, we don't want people saying like that. That's despicable. And I, I wrote a piece about Sean Strickland about six months ago saying a similar sort of thing. They're like, okay, Sean Strickland as well is, is playing a character. But does that really matter? Like, is why are we I think it allowing would be worse people- if you actually were like, you know, yeah, well, playing a character, obviously, you're playing, you're, it's a tough one, but I think if you actually, you know, were the way Kobe acts, it probably would be worse. And But I, I don't even, you know, obviously, a lot of people had a problem with what he said about the father and taking the family and stuff is is taking it a bit far. But for me, this is just exactly what I expect from Kobe, and I don't know why people expect anything different. Well, that's grand expecting it, but you expect a cunt to be a cunt. Therefore, you should call him a cunt, you know? Is that not fair as well? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People yeah. can say whatever they want. You know, he can say whatever he wants and people can, Leon can respond however he wants and people can have their opinions. And, you know, to me, it'll probably help Leon in the long term have more fans and have more kind of popularity. And in the end, it's, you know, it, you kind of have to go in there and you have to fight a couple of days later and we all see what happens. And, uh, you know, to me, it's just... It's just another Kobe Covington fight week. I don't know. People are. I know the, the father thing is a bit is a bit far for people, but we've seen stuff like this before. Like people get very personal and stuff. And I don't know. I think I've just been watching this stuff for so long that it's just. Well, I just don't get the. Re- I don't feel the same reaction anymore that that other people seem to. Yeah, I. I actually side with you a lot on this in in terms of that as well. But like, I. I I don't necessarily think Colby shouldn't be allowed to say that or anyone shouldn't be allowed to say that or they should be like, um, uh, you know, fined or stopped from saying it. But also I don't think people should be stopped or, you know, stopped from calling them a cunt, first of all. But also just because people can say what they want doesn't mean that they can like control the reaction doesn't mean that people go oh sure what are you talking about this is just a fight game anyone can say what they want well they can say what they want but also anyone can react how they want now i might care as much or you might care as much but a lot of people do and they absolutely should be allowed to view it like that and also do you know what's weird as well right Dana White was talking there last week and he was talking about how, oh, you know, we don't want any fights in the background. We don't want any, uh, you know, we, we don't want any issue. We don't want any hassle. <laughs> yeah, we don't want any of that. And then he came out at the press conference. He was like, you know what happened during that uh, pre-fight press conference? When that happened, the buys went up 25%. And then, why is he saying this? Like, if he doesn't want that, why is he saying that? He's just encouraging more people to do well, it. Of course so. he wants it. Really. Of course, yeah. yeah. Taking Dana White's word for things is just... It's ridiculous. Like, so Aaron, yeah. like, you know, uh, anything that sells pay-per-views is what Dana White... And uh, obviously there's some kind of, like, very, very high... <laughs> there's some. There's probably, like, a line that you can overstep, but it's pretty... You have to really try <laughs> to... Uh, you know, as long as the pay-per-views are selling, as long as the interest there, as long as people are talking online, talking in person, tickets are selling, you know, all that stuff, then they know why the UC brass are about numbers, you know, they're, they don't, like, they can say what they want, but, like, to me, I just, I like, you know, obviously, another thing that happened was Sean Strickland and Drickus Dupacy fight in the crowd, and, you know, oh, we, I haven't seen Dana talking about it, but he's probably saying, oh, we don't want this, or whatever, but when the pay-per-view rolls around, you know what's going to be in the promo. You, the same way the 
Artem and Khabib and the Connor and the, the, the Brooklyn bus thing was in the promo. It's, it's, it's going to sell pay-per-views and it's going to be used. And that's just, you know, you just, that's just the way it is. And, you know, you just got to, you basically got to accept it if, you, if you're going to watch the UFC regularly. Yeah, Dana blamed himself for that because he said he sat them alongside each other. So, yeah. I wonder why he did that. And, <laughs> and then it was like, oh, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> like, okay, Dana, who are you trying to fucking fool here? Like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was... You know, it was like the problem with Colby, right? I actually don't mind trash talking a lot. Like fucking Sean Strickland and Duplessis were throwing some rotten shit at each other, and I like I'm not a sensitive person. Like you could throw as much shit as you want. Uh, oh, we're Irish as well, I suppose, and we, you know, we we're maybe you're more used to that than a lot of people. We just fire, we just fire back. Uh, yeah, but the problem, the, <laughs> that's the, thing, what the Irish do. The thing about Colby is it's it doesn't feel like. Any of it is real. It like it feels like it's just such an inauthentic person. Like, and maybe as well the do, fact. Do, do, do you think after doing this for so many years that like some of the stick actually could creep into your to your actual? I like, think so. I was real actually, life. It was funny. I was thinking that. I was thinking that because I was looking at like he's a tattoo on his chest, with, like we the people and an eagle and stuff, and like. Yeah, yeah, and if you look at like you know pro wrestlers, we're paired. Like I don't watch WWE anymore, but I've seen like I, I prefer like the kind of behind the scenes documentaries or the kind of you know stuff like that where you actually get to know what's going on. And it, they do say to some people, what they say, they have like a phrase for bought in. It's not bought into their own character, but you know what's what's it called? They yeah. Uh, oh god, some like, phrase uh, for marking out, phrase, marking um, out for your own gimmick. They bought yeah yeah that yeah. So marking out for your own gimmick and. You know, it can happen. Like if you if you play the same stick for a lot of years, maybe it can seep in. But it's really hard to know. Like if if you know, Colby's just a hundred percent just trying to rile people up, and and if he is, you know, in a way, fair play to him. It's it, it, mission accomplished. You know, he set out to do something that he's doing it, and he's you know getting title shots after not doing anything for for years, and you know, and people were interested, and it it, it made the fight bigger, and it makes all his fights bigger. So. You can understand why you keep doing it, but uh, yeah, if people are pissed off by him, want to see him get knocked out, or want to see him lose, then that's great as well. Like the UFC and Dana White are, are delighted with any kind of you know extra interest, and obviously Leon, like you know, um, he's obviously if somebody says something like that about your family or about like a, a dead loved one or whatever, you're you're, you're going to be angry and like you know he threw something at Colby, like fair enough, like I'm not like. You know, this is the fight game at the end of the day, and um, I think when you sign the fight, Colby uh, Covington, you probably need to be ready for this kind of stuff that he's going to try and say the worst possible things. And uh, the thing, like, kind of with Strickland the Duplessis, I don't know if it's a case of it kind of rubbing off or if it's just, you know, it's just the way the way they feel about each other or if it's if, if it's hammed up but either way it, it sells and as you said like you know dana white can come out and say what he wants but the fact that he even mentioned as you said the 25 percent increase shows where his where his mind is really at and that's that's you know the fight game getting eyes and interest and that's what a promoter needs to do but i, I can see why people get rubbed the wrong way and complain but i think those people that are angry they're still going to tune in like those hardcore mma fans are going to tune in anyway so yeah it's kind of a it's a bit of a win-win for the UFC, even yeah, if it is, yeah. even if it, yeah. The last thing I, I think is right. The last thing I say about it, though, like people like Colby and people like Strickland, who are like obviously playing characters. I don't think we have a responsibility to view them as characters. 
Like if Colby says something awful, that's Colby saying something. It's not, it's not character Colby. You know, it's it's not fucking uh, some lad dressed up as a sixteen hundreds fucking American leader or whatever. This is Colby Covington saying it. Well, like he, if the Orange Sheik said something back in the day, is, yes, yeah, we can't separate if, that from from him. You know, what of I mean? course, these are not WWE characters. These are actual. Well, athletes. well, they're kind of they kind of are. They're not <laughs> well, like sim- very similar. No, they're not. They're they're uh, they're choosing to speak in this manner and we do not have to go along with that we do not have to view them as the characters they were would like to portray themselves if they say horrible shit we can view them as if leon edwards said something horrible or if stephen Thompson, which he wouldn't obviously but or paddy pimblet or josh emmett like as we have with paddy and mcgregor they've said awful things and we've talked about it and people have talked about it you know that's but that's it. We, we we leave it at that. Before we get to the fights, Ian Gary, the whole situation with him, it was it was a very tough one. Obviously, um our our guy Ian O'Neill, who did a fantastic job, showed up at the um the press day uh before the day before the press conference on the media day, um and Ian Gary wasn't there and then um the the lads talked to uh, Layla and she uh it's who's uh, Ian's obviously wife and manager um and she said that Ian would be there for the press conference the next day so you know that was all well and good day and I suppose but almost immediately after that Dana White put out a video and in the well not almost immediately in the coming hours and said that Ian Gary was out he had a flu it turned into pneumonia and uh, the fight was off so that was obviously very unfortunate and since the the fight is ended Ian Gary has now been rebooked for I believe it's two, UFC 297 it's a Miami card anyway and he'll be fighting Jeff Neal is it 299 mm, uh, maybe yeah so the Miami whatever O'Malley Vera too um so yeah, this was obviously it all happened very fast for me. So look, we talked last week about the whole online campaign campaign against Ian and his family and all of that, um, and then he kind of stayed silent for a few weeks, which I thought was a pretty good sign to be honest. And I thought it was, you know, getting ready to fight, let get all this out. Then they put out this video of like undefeated and like a. a sp- I was spoof is the wrong word, but like a like the, the exact same as the messy one that had been out a while back, um, like saying you know fuck the haters basically, and like thirty six hours later, then the all this happens where he pulls out with the the flu and everything. Um, it was obviously very unfortunate, Graham. It was. You know, you have the conspiracy theory people out saying, "Oh, he pulled out," and you know, it's uh, you know, he got he got afraid, and the crowd got to him, and the YouTubers got to him, and all that. I all right for whatever your case is, right? I think this is a blessing in disguise for Ian Gary. I think the best. You know, it was unfortunate he wasn't able to fight. I'm sure, like you know, to earn money and all of that. But this fight week coming into it was just like toxic. It was ridiculous i if i was advising him and you know everyone's talking about ian gary's pr i would say stay off of instagram stay off of uh youtube stay off of twitter turn up for your media day the the week before your fight against jeff neal you know give your answers whatever and fight the fight and win it and then move from there i think that's the best case scenario for ian gary and this can all be looked at as as a blessing in disguise uh for me what, what do you think, Graham? What was your thoughts on the, on the whole week, I suppose, and what, what's next for Ian? Yeah, well, like, you know, obviously it's it's been a kind of rough, rough while for him. And, you know, if you are if you have a kind of flu or whatever and you're cutting weight, Ian Gary's a big guy for the, for the division and you're cutting weight, your immune system's down, you could see how it could happen, but you can also see how people would be 
kind of you know uh, calling them out and, and and saying oh you you've said in the past or oh, you you sign on the dotted line you, you should turn up no matter what and all this stuff so you know when you say things like that and then you don't turn up you're obviously going to get some some bite back from people people have uh you know people have the the receipts as they're called stored waiting for these moments like this and to jump on you and that's just a fight game and you just got to deal with it i don't know if you know shutting down or not using your social media for the next few months is i think just carry on like normal like you would before and just just do what you've always done and just you know he has uh, what is it now a couple of months is it march um, yes three months yeah. is it yeah, you know, three months it probably all die down. But even if it doesn't, you know, you just, it's just it is what it is. There's not much you can do about it. Um, it's a tough situation, but I think, as you said, it probably, you know, if if he had a, for example, if he has the flu and he's got all this going on and all all this kind of hate or whatever, it probably is good that he didn't that he didn't fight because, you know, the 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 fight game won't repay you for going in there injured or sick or whatever like you know people aren't gonna remember that if you go in there and don't look good or you go in there and, and lose because you're you're unwell or whatever so i think as you said it probably worked out f- for the best in the end that he pulled out even though you know people are going to pull out quotes and say oh he, somebody pulled out with a sniffly nose or you would just sign on the dotted line you got to be there or whatever so you know this is going to happen you can't be you can't be making decisions about your fight career based on what people are going to say online yeah I I agree with the part as well you said about the, the weight cut. Now, this is not confirmed or anything, but I would not at all be surprised if that played a big part of it. Not not even necessarily, oh, he was going to struggle to to make weight or anything like that, but, like, if you're sick and you're cutting weight, it's obviously not going to help. It's going to exacerbate it and make it worse. And I don't know, like, I've stood inside Ian, obviously, a few times. Ian's a big boy. Like, Ian is, is not just tall. Like, I've, I've, I remember standing inside MVP as well, who we'll talk about later on, and thinking, God almighty, how does this guy make 170? But MVP is a very kind of slender, light guy. Ian, like, Ian's a unit. Like, like Ian is a hefty guy. I... I would not at all be surprised if 2024 saw Ian Gary's move to 185. Um, I... I, I don't think he's long for 170. He's not like he's on this vegan diet now as well. I don't know maybe if that'll help or hinder him. You know, we I suppose we'll we'll see on that, and that's I suppose choices he's to make over the next while if he is moving up as well. Um, but um, yeah, look, I just obviously it's it's terrible, but it's one of those things. It's every cloud is a silver lining, and I feel like this fight not happening is probably the best case scenario. Like it really, really is like. Mentally, it must have been so hard coming in here. Obviously, it was physically hard as well with the uh, whatever led to, to him getting sick, whether it was like just picking up a sickness, but then it being exacerbated, obviously, by a wake cut and everything like that as well. So, and when you have a young kid as well, like they can pick up flus and colds all oh, over the place, yeah. and you know, incredible, yeah. So Hopefully he and all his family get well soon and all that. So we'll look forward to seeing him back in, in March and all that. And hopefully all this nonsense online fucking dies down. I saw a few people saying like, oh, why are you not coming out saying about, you know, people are fucking dickheads for saying this about Ian or anything. I think we did a, quite a good job of that last week and multiple times over the last few weeks. Like this, I've literally called these people weirdo YouTubers multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> like, people, like People can like have their opinions, uh, but it's like, you know, as long as people are talking about it and actually care either way, about Ian Gary like I said this so many times about fighters 
getting yourself to be cared about is like you know puts you in the one percent of, of fighters like you know if people want to see a win lose it doesn't matter you know obviously ideally you'd like everybody to want you to win but it's better than just being you know another guy on another card indeed right let's talk about a few other guys on this card uh let, let, let's start with leon edwards and, and colby covington um there was a few damn squibs of fights in this card, and and this was was absolutely one. I think um, Edwards just dominated from very early. Um, I saw a lot of people saying the speed of Leon Edwards is the real difference here, and usually I'd be like, ah, oh, that's too simple, but it was a massive part of this, and I think probably the biggest part. I just don't think Colby could get anything off in reply to Edwards because everything he did. Edwards just did something quicker in countering it. Like, if Colby moved forward with a jab after Edwards pushed him back, Edwards literally just either changed stances and came in, say, with a straight left to the body or a straight right to the body, or literally just kind of turned the corner and advanced again without even having to throw anything. And you look at Colby, and, like, definitely for the first two and a half rounds, um, Colby, I would say, shit the bed. Like, he, he, he didn't... It, it, like it's very, it's actually very hard, and I hate when people say, oh, "Just go for a takedown," but you're fucking twelve minutes into a title fight, and you haven't literally just gone for a takedown at any stage. I mean, at that stage, you're you're just not pulling the trigger, you're just not doing anything. It's literally, it's like a great striker out there not being able to throw their their right hand or their head kick or anything like that. It was it was pretty bad from Colby. So much so, I think that Edwards started taking like unnecessary chances and ended up putting himself in bad positions in the the fourth and fifth round. He ended up losing uh, the the fifth round. Even that was borderline enough, but I think that was the right score forty nine forty six. It was a really an easy win for Edwards Graham, wasn't it? What was your breakdown of it? Yeah, I think you know you mentioned the speed of Leon. I think that was definitely true, but I think Colby was extra slow, even though he's not the. F- fastest on the feet or you know historically or anything but i think the time out the the range and the i, I definitely think it was like we, some guys come in and you don't see any ring rust but sometimes the timing and the kind of all of that isn't isn't what, what it would be if you're fighting every three or four months so i think that definitely played into it. i think leon could have had a better performance you know i think obviously he dominated but i think you know trying to wrestle with kobe and stuff like that to prove a point maybe that was because of what was said before and as you said it put him in a few bad positions that he didn't need to be in kind of gave Colby a glimmer of hope even though never really too much of, too much of a shot but yeah Leon dominated I thought he won the first four rounds as he, as you said but I think it wasn't it wasn't Leon's best performance but it was definitely a really bad performance from Colby and it's probably you know partly due with the layoff and all that stuff but it's also partly to do with you know Leon just being a better all-round fighter than him as well yeah the two biggest parts for me to pick against Colby coming in here were him being 35 years old and having fought in a, you know, barely fought in the last three or four years, um, which I think did show. I think he definitely did look slower um, and didn't, you know, pull the, pull the trigger on the wrestling as much as he should. But also, I, I really think a part of this that won't be analysed as clearly as it should, and I talked about it coming in, was that Colby fought... uh, last night the way he fought against Usman basically which was like I'm going to fight an all round MMA game here I'm not just going to be a one dimensional wrestler because if I do that against Usman it's definitely not going to work Um, but that's not the case for all your fights you know he did it obviously against Masvidal but like 
let's say you come in there and you want to fight Wonderboy, you you have to do it like that. You know, you're fighting, uh, there are many fighters in that division. You have to, like, be a one-dimensional wrestler against them. And that was the only way he was beating Leon Edwards as well. And I definitely think there was a, a large part of it of him fighting because he believes this is the optimum way to fight now and not just be one-dimensional with the wrestling. And I don't believe that to be correct. Like, I... I I think we talk an awful lot in MMA and you know, my husband, myself and Harry have done speakers corners about being well-rounded. The future of MMA is being well-rounded and everyone, you know, I remember talking to Dan Hardy once and he goes, in a few years, everyone will be able to throw, you know, calf kicks from their left and right foot. Everyone will be able to fight Southpaw. Everyone will be able to fight an orthodox, uh, in orthodox. And that's, that's maybe true and all well and good, but we're not there yet, right? And, I think some fighters still show that you can fight in a more one-dimensional way and still win. And if that's your best chance of winning, then do it that way. Like, if you're playing a soccer match and you're playing against Man City, don't pass around with them. Knock the ball fucking long, you know, break it down and try to score a goal there or fucking pressure them and kick them around the place. and all that. Like, do it a little bit differently. Make it dirty, make it ugly. Don't play a nice game with them. And Colby Covington, as nasty and cuntish as he was in the press conference, he was lovely to Leon Edwards. He barely touched him, barely punched him, barely tried to take him down. There was a one stage, right, I, I, I was watching the fights with Patrick and... Uh, Colby took him down and I was like watch this Leon's gonna get up and he immediately got up and the reason I said that was it had happened three or four times during the fight where Colby got in a position to kind of chain wrestle and that's what Colby's really great at like if Colby gets on top of you just straight away a takedown gets on top of you he's good but he's not the best like um, uh, best person at just blanketing you he's not great at that initially what he is great at is wrestle you wrestle you wrestle you change get the back don't put in the hooks allow you to move pull you down again then get on top then you're too tired and then he can blanket you that's what Colby is great at but that, so that happened where he took Leon down, Leon got right back up. And then there was another instance, I think maybe in the third or fourth round. Even if he can't get him down, though, he needs to at least threaten with it to make exactly. Leon worried about that. You know? Exactly, and he didn't do that enough. But there was, there was a position where he got to like a chain wrestling position. So he had like the hips of Leon against the cage, um, the perfect Colby Covington position, I think in the third or fourth round. And... Um, he just kind of held him there, right? There was no trying to trip him and pull him down, get these hips right. And then Leon just defended, got out, and Colby stayed against the cage. And Leon jumped in, got into the same position, and then tripped his legs, pulled him down, pushed him against the cage, and chain wrestled Colby. So <laughs> Leon was playing into his game, like where Colby like would should love to be in that position. Not necessarily, you know, initially, but maybe look, I can turn this around. I can use this in my favor. But he didn't, and he just couldn't. And even in the end, it was kind of just a bit like, ah, oh, we lie here. I know I'm winning. There's, you know, we, let's just end this fight, kind of thing. It was. Uh, it it looked. It, 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 Ian, I said, I think said in our group, Colby looked shot. And he actually, he did, I think he did. He actually did look shot. Like, he could not do... What, what is it when a person is shot, right? They can't throw their punches. They can't do what once made them great anymore. That's what Colby looked like here. He couldn't do it. He, he, he couldn't chain wrestle in this fight. And he got out-chain wrestled by Leon Edwards. And, like, I think Leon... Some people have criticized Leon's performance. Um... 
I think I wouldn't criticize it too much for a couple of reasons, right? So Colby, with that generous and with his ability to use his cardio, is always going to be dangerous. So you don't want to play into his game too much. But also, Colby was like extremely defensive for the whole fight. Like he never even, he barely threw a punch. Didn't go for a takedown for like rounds upon rounds. Like what are you actually supposed to do against a guy like that? Now, did Leon try to make it happen? He did multiple times. Like we, we've talked about Adesanya with this before and criticized him for it, where he just doesn't go for it. Like Leon did go for it a few times. And I thought it was funny actually in the fifth round. Uh Carmia was like um um uh congratulating or Ging up Leon for actually going for things and trying things and then he ended up in bottom. He's like, Look, this is gonna get him fans, this is gonna get and then they were talking about it afterwards and they were calling Leon boring and everything like this. And even in the fifth and round in the fifth round they were like, Oh, this is this is not a good look. This, no. this is not good for Leon. I was like, What are you talking about? Colby's four rounds down and he's throwing hip punches. I like I'm not the biggest Leon Edwards fan in the world and I, I like I don't think he is the best welterweight in the world and I don't think he'll hold his title for an awful long time. But he dominated Colby Covington last night he performed very very well he did everything he needed to do in a fight where the emotion coming in could have led him down another path but he didn't do that like this is you know okay it wasn't the best fight in the world it wasn't the most amazing performance in the world it wasn't a blow away or anything like that but it was it certainly wasn't a bad performance you know I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was all very odd but um yeah look uh, I suppose the next part of it in is kind of a waste of time this fight wasn't it you waited for Colby for two years um, he he performs like that like if you're sitting at home and you're you know you're Shavkat here or you're Bilal Muhammad or you're Shemayev even over the last one and you're thinking like what the fuck has gone on here how did this lad get a title shot you know I think uh, I think you've every right to, to say that but any any final thoughts on it Graham the, the whole fight and everything like that it was well, not like we won't be sitting out the ballot for fight of the year again let's put it that way <laughs> yeah, definitely not. But you know, I think for Leon, it's it's like a, it's another good win. It's against a guy who's you know a bad matchup for a lot of people over the years. He's beaten when he's beaten Kobe. So for him, it's you know obviously maybe trying to, a couple of positions where he tried to maybe force it on in the grappling situation. And but like if you're going to nitpick, you can nitpick any five round fight and find a couple of things that that didn't go well. I think the commentary probably didn't help people's perception of the performance because I thought, you know, in, in a lot of ways, he he shut Kobe down, even though yeah, Kobe didn't look the same. He looked a bit you know, old or a bit rusty or whatever, whatever it was. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I like for Leon, it's, it, you know, he went out there, he he performed under kind of an extra pressure. Uh, you know, he, he said himself he was like really – angry and nearly crying with rage afterwards and had to calm himself down so you know he did well to kind of hold it together and, and all that stuff and to go out there and you know dominate pretty much all of the first four rounds and then in the fifth round you know if if it was 2-2 and he needed to make something happen I think he I think he would have you know he would have created a scramble but he, he Kobe wasn't landing big shots or anything he, he wasn't going to take a chance and give up his back or anything like that so I think I think it was a smart fight from Leon and I don't really see any criticism for, for Leon here we also must remember as well like Leon is not a big massive knockout artist or finisher okay he knocked out Usman with that left leg from out of nowhere but like Bisping also knocked out Luke Rockhold with that big left hook. like he wasn't a knockout artist either you know like that that's not the fighter Leon is and to expect him to do something like that in, in multiple fights is 
he's foolhardy because that's just not the way he yeah. is. I so. think a lot of people probably didn't really know who he was until he went in there and did that to Usman. So that's kind of yeah. the, the memory they have of him. Yeah, that's true. But it, it's our job to also tell him the truth. So there you go. That's it. Um, look, it looks like it's going to be Leon against... Uh, uh, Balan Mohammed and that'll be a lot more competitive of a fight anyway I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing that so we'll see how that goes afterwards uh, Leon afterwards described Colby as a great competitor but what, what I mean I, I have the quote here uh, a great competitor but a uh, a dirty human being which I think he actually he, he accidentally called him a, a great guy or something then <laughs> have to yeah, himself. Greg, I mean, I, uh, that probably is true up until last night that it, it was the first time Colby actually wasn't a great competitor um, which is uh, unfortunate because like, I like Colby as a fighter I like his style I like the way he fights but he didn't show that on uh, on Saturday night, unfortunately for him. And uh, Jamaica leaves with uh, another champion at welterweight, Leon Edwards, and uh, and Jason Jackson leading the world for Jamaican MMA. Uh, the co-main event then, Alessandro Pantoja against Brandon Rival. Uh, yeah, this was, it wasn't necessarily a bad fight, but it wasn't a great fight either. Pantoja just got a lot of takedowns in the first kind of two and a half rounds. Um, well, what's up Pantoja looking like? He's about to run out of gas, like every fight, and then he just—it's some kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. He, yeah. he looks like he's exhausted at several times during each fight, and he seems to, you know, come back. But it's kind of giving your opponent encouragement um, yeah. when they see you like that. Obviously, he was like, I think, by far the better fighter uh, as he as he proved again against Royval. But I think he gave Royval bit bit. He gave him opportunities that he didn't need to give him. Um, but yeah, this the takedown was there all day, and on top he was just he was just dominant. So uh, it's quite an easy victory for your for your title defense, really. Um, but yeah, if you're if you if you go in there against somebody, uh, you know, it, it's a bit more competitive, and they see you looking looking like you're tired during the fight. That's going to give them an extra burst, and you know you'd want to you'd want to sort that out. But besides that, like you know, obviously it was a it was a pretty dominant performance. It was, yeah. It was one of those performances where, I, I like, you know, they're talking about Leon, like, oh, he's not, you know, not doing enough or not showing enough. Um, and I don't think that was necessarily the case. But for Pandoja, when you do look that tired, and when you're dominating the fight, and then a guy like Rival, who, you know, these kind of pitter patter punches and like kind of panicking when he got in any sort of good position, and you're you're bringing a guy like that back into a fight, it's like Jesus, that's not that's not great, you know. Um, it does just feel like the you know this is kind of the interim until someone else becomes the champion and is like. An actual like really good world level fighter like I don't think Pantoja is. Uh, I definitely don't think Rival is. Um, and yeah, I like I love the flyweight division and I have for a long time. But Jesus, this is like it's low level stuff for for a high level division. Um, there were some very good scrambles and some very fun stuff, but like you have to have a level of control when you're fighting at, at that level. And it doesn't feel like Pantoja has that at all. Like, you know, even we've seen Moreno even obviously fighting over the last few fights with that level of it. And obviously DJ and Henry Cejudo and others down through the years. But uh, look, it leads to a few fun fights. This, this, this is like a fun fight in disguise or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was a weird fight. There were some great scrambles, but it, it felt 
just like okay you know Rival, even if Rival gets a good run which he did a couple of times during this fight does he have the ability to finish him and he just didn't so um, yeah, I think Harry did a good job of breaking this on the preview show and, and he got it right and Pantoja ended up getting the win and uh, we'll see who's next for him I suppose uh, moving on Rachmanov and Thompson uh, God this was this was a bad fight again like what was Jason Herzog doing just allowing Rachmanov to hold him against the cage for like nine minutes like and I'm a big Jason Herzog fan Herb Dean won referee of the year again which is absolutely hilarious like Herzog or Goddard I think were the obvious choices and I think Herzog should have won it why do people but, even talk about the, this like yeah, they, I'm not, not gonna, awards I don't know I don't understand people's obsession with this it's just yeah. absolute Mickey Mouse waste of time awards uh, they are absolutely and we, we leave it at that although I might do a beatdown of them on, the, on Patreon so tune in for that but um, yeah, Terzog did like Rachmanov and and Wonderboy did nothing against the cage for like minutes on end, and he just leaves in there like you have at one at a certain point you have to help the judges. Like how the fuck do you score that first round when they're literally just holding each other against the cage all the time? Like for about two or three minutes of the second round, it was the exact same thing. There's a couple of decent body kicks from from Wonderboy where I was thinking, Jesus, he might have he might have stole that round, but obviously in the end it didn't go down to the scorecards, but. Yeah, Rachmanov's got to be more busy when he's in those those kind of uh, better positions. He's, uh, you know, I, I actually don't like when they pull them apart. Uh, I was I was fine with with, with Wonder Boy being held up against the cage. If he can't if he can't get out of there, then I think you know that that's fair enough. I uh, well, I totally disagree. I think as most people probably know, but like I. I think the biggest issue there is when they're saying, like, fight, and like Rachmanov doesn't fight, and Wonderboy does, and then the referee keeps it there because Wonderboy moves and tries. Like, that's, that's just, like, that is anti-fighting at its worst. Like, mixed martial arts, like, the rules are written so that we get finishes, so we have exciting fights. Like, that, what, that's what the sport is built on. Like, if the sport wasn't built on that and was built on pure, like, meritocracy or pure martial arts, I'd have no problem. Like, leave him, push him against the cage. As you say, I wonder why he'll have to force his way out of it. But that's not the case. That's not how the rules of MMA are written. And when there is a timidity rule, like, how was this not a timidity rule? He barely touched him for four minutes. Like... And, and, and fair play look Rachmanov went out and he took him down and he submitted him brilliant but like that changed the whole fight like maybe Rachmanov would have knocked him out or maybe he would have taken him down easier and submitted I'm not you know I'm, I'm not being a full Wonderboy fan here as much as maybe it sounds like that um, uh, but I just think it ruined the fight like it ruined like it, let's say Wonderboy did knock him out it ruined like a magical moment or Rachmanov put on like a really fun you know knocked down take down dragged him down put in the rear naked choke and finished him like it, it just at the end it felt like oh okay we, we've had eight minutes of clinching and now we got one takedown and Wonderboy's tired it did seem to wear Wonderboy out though it did you know? yeah it did but like so it was effective you know Wonderboy's obviously he's not as quick as he used to be and he's getting on and uh, in age and stuff but he's still you know he can catch it we've seen him so many times he can catch it with a kick or a punch from a weird angle or you know he can he can knock people out so uh, in a way it was it was smart by Rachmanov and he kind of nearly wore Wonderboy's will down I think that was evident by the fact that he tapped with four seconds to go to a, a choke that didn't really seem to be you know uh, one that you would tap to with only four seconds to go so he did kind of you know he probably it must have been the game plan to go in there and wear on him and 
not let him get his shots off and eventually get him down and try to finish him there. So in terms of Rachmanov staying undefeated against a dangerous guy, it's job done. But, you know, it's not going to get you, as you say, it's not going to get your fans all around the world. It's not going to, you know, get people uh, even more excited for your next fight, even though like, you just climbed to 18 and 0, you beat a, a legend who, who, you know, arguably won or at least was very competitive in a, in title fights and things like that. So when you when you when you win and finish a guy like that, it's kind of hard to to be like uh, terrible in terms of entertainment. Maybe not great, but in terms of getting the job done, you know, it's hard to argue with the with the execution of the game plan. Yeah, I've I've very little criticism for Akmanov. Honestly, I think like if they were broken up, I actually think it would have given him a better chance of like winning the fight even uh, you know comprehensively is the wrong word but maybe earlier or whatever you know it's I, I literally you know I said it earlier this is not just wonder by fan or, or anything and it, it actually isn't that I, I've argued this point many times before like and like even let, let's say he's that was the game not to wear him down which it, it definitely looked like it if they'd been broken up with three minutes into the first round he could have just pushed him against the cage again maybe got a different position maybe landed more shots maybe got him taken down and worn him out even more like it's it's just when it's a stall position, I, you have to fucking move them there. And like, I, I as I say, I really like Herzog and uh, this. Uh, I, I think there, maybe the rules need to be even changed more because this is, this is a cancer in the sport. You can't let this go on. Like just minutes and minutes of boredom of nothing happening and then we'll say oh, at the end of it oh robbery or whatever if it goes to the decision Jesus you're not helping the judges in any way at all there like they, they have nothing to, to yeah. score the fight on but. as you said I think Wonderboy is a little bit to blame for that when the ref's getting getting close and he's saying fight and then you're the one kind of hoping for the yeah, reset you need to play the game there if you're Wonderboy don't throwing. you yeah yeah I don't know Wonderboy uh, would, you say, would you say that like maybe if 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 he wasn't kind of you know the age he is and in the position he is and kind of you know got to the very near the top and kind of slid down that he may, maybe would have fought harder at the end and not not kind of maybe after that maybe yeah, yeah. when I, it was four seconds ago i thought like yeah this is probably really uncomfortable and whatever obviously a horrible position to be in but it's i think you're i don't I, 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 in my mind he wasn't going to go out in the next four seconds yeah, I'd need to watch it back in, but I, I like I thought with about fifteen seconds left that that was the case. But I do think he cinched it up a little bit towards the end, like as you said, like Wonderboy didn't seem to tap and type either. I like, remember that one against Colby, or sorry, against uh, Woodley, and even there was kind of yeah. At the time, he was like on the precipice of you know becoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Champion, so it's, the motivation is maybe different. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I don't think it's as egregious of other as other ones we've seen lately. But at that point, I, I like he was he was pretty exhausted. I think it would have been uh, Rachmanov probably winning in the third anyway, if, if not. But um, yeah, just I don't know. I just felt that fight was ruined a little bit by by that. You know, it was we we had a fight of nothing and then a good finish. That was not a great finish, and yeah, we move on. But as I said, take nothing away from Rachmanov. I'm definitely, definitely not shitting on Rachmanov. I, I think it's more Herzog than, than anything else in that, and I don't like shitting on Herzog either. But look, when mistakes happen, mistakes happen, and that's that. Right, let's move on. Paddy Pimble, Tony Ferguson. Uh, I love this fight coming in, and uh, it, it delivered exactly, I think, what I thought it delivered. Two lads at a very similar level, one. Uh, uh, a little one bit younger, shot. one completely shot, one a little bit younger, who is a very good athlete, um, 
who won the fight because of those two things nothing really to do with quality or ability or anything like that um well i think tony like trying to go for like mission control and this stupid stuff from like 15 years ago that barely worked then is just you know try and get up to your feet here like especially in the third round paddy pimblet's like out on his feet he's like a a sitting duck if you if he can just hit him a few times like i think his nose was damaged and he was absolutely exhausted by the looks of things and he kind of needed the takedown that he got and then when he did tony should have been immediately making it you know trying to make his way to defense or trying to make his way to his feet because like you know potentially your career is on the line here like you know your top level career is on the line and i don't know tony was just yeah it was just frustrating um but you know it's not really his fault he's been through a lot of wars he was never really that good in the first place you know um yeah i don't know why some people i saw people on or uh, you know uh somebody who's a, a media member or whatever they want to call themselves okay, saying that he was brilliant for 10 minutes oh, i just don't yeah. understand what people are even watching and how they could be that, <laughs> that like say something so ridiculous like yeah, what what part of the world like, is that person from? Completely shot, like, and he just looks like he can't take a shot. He he just looked absolutely terrible, even for even compared to the last few fights. And I I I don't think that was due to Paddy. I think that was due to Tony. And yeah, I just I uh, Paddy he won. Yeah, fair play to him. He, he, good win, you know, the best win of his career, name value wise. Um, got the win, but you know the way he he faded badly. Uh. Maybe he doesn't doesn't bow too well if as, no. as he steps up, but you know, maybe he'll go back and address that and maybe stay a little bit more uh, in shape than than between between fights. Because you know, when you're very young, maybe yo-yo dieting isn't gonna it's gonna affect you, but it's not gonna affect you as much. But as you as you do it to your body time and time again, surely it's gonna be it's gonna have more effects. And you know, uh, Paddy. 20 21 and three now like great record great win for him on a, on a big card but still you know the improvements that we hoped for even like what 10 years ago watching paddy on the local scene that we were kind of hoping he'd develop you know striking is definitely better than it was back then but it's it's nowhere near the the upper echelon still needs to work on that uh his grappling is obviously very good but as i've said over the years tony's grappling is isn't isn't really very good it's just going for crazy kind of stupid stuff like mission control that never works and even in even when people didn't really know jiu-jitsu it didn't really work so yeah i think the game's just fully passed tony by even though you know i think I, i've said it over here he was never that good like but yeah this was a this was a time to call it a day i think performance yeah, um, for Tony or Paddy? <laughs> yeah, Tony. Um, <laughs> it was, it's one of these fights that it's very hard to analyze because you're going to sound like an awful hater, to be honest, um, towards Paddy, I think, because like, this, uh, no, I'll say something positive to start. I think this was the best performance of Paddy Pimblett's career, honestly. I think he's, he looks, I, I think Paddy, right, is reaching highest level he can possibly reach I really do I, I think he's in his absolute prime right now and he has lifted himself to well, a level well the cardio thing is definitely a, a yeah. something he needs to sort well, of well if you watch any of his vlogs or anything coming into 
Paddy was training really hard and they were all, you know, this, what's your man, Paul Reed, I think is his name. He has all these numbers and saying Paddy is way over anything needed and he's, you know, cardio is on point and he did all these rounds and everything like that, right? But also... Instagram versus reality. <laughs> maybe, yeah. But also, like, Paddy looks in phenomenal shape. He didn't balloon up this time as close to the fight, obviously because it's 11 months and he had the injury and all like that. So he got down and went a lot better. I think he prepared a lot better his striking looked way better than it I think it's it has before no in the last couple of fights didn't look too bad uh, offensively uh, his grappling is, is very good and he's a, like a really good athlete he's fast and he's he hits hard and everything like that um, the problem with Paddy is that he doesn't have the level of technique that can compete at the very top um, he's defensively extremely poor on the feet and he doesn't like his good power for a guy like Tony who shot and he like he couldn't finish him, it's it's imagine he fought Makachev, imagine he fought Saryukin or someone like that. There's just no way he'd be able to compete with guys like that. They would absolutely piece him up. Also, like something we haven't really seen recently, like Paddy's takedown defense isn't the best in Orla. I'm surprised Tony didn't actually try to take him down. But like again, you watch Paddy, right? And you Tony, watch Tony never really been able to wrestle though. He's, he? a, he's a bit of wrestling. I remember he started out as a wrestler and Brock Lesnar's team and tough and all. But Paddy in the last two fights has ate about twelve clean left hooks. Like and imagine you you fight Jared Garden, right? And the whole first round, you just eat left hook after left hook after left hook. And then you fight Tony Ferguson in your next fight, 11 months later, you should be doing nothing but fucking defending left hooks. And he, Tony hits him with about six left hooks in the, in the first round. Like, how the fuck does that happen in here? Like, you know, so, yeah. Um, to say Paddy looked unbelievable would be, like, just completely incorrect. He looked in unbelievable shape, and he fought very well, uh, but... You know, he wilted badly in the third against a guy who's completely shot in a fight that uh, it's a weird thing to say it wasn't that hard. But like if you're Saryukin, if you're Gamrod, if you're any of the top guys in the world, anyone in the top 15, and you have those two first rounds, you're not wilting and tiring in the third and reversing at a red and not beep. Beep, beep, but Tony Ferguson coming at you like it's just not happening with any of those guys and that's if that's the level Paddy wants to talk about getting to that's the level we should analyze him at and uh, he's just it's never going to happen like there's no way like I don't think there's a way at at, um, at lightweight that you could even like you know <laughs> uh, design a pathway for Paddy Pimblet some of his skills to get to a title. Like, man, what about even a Darius, you know? Like, unless you catch him with a big shot and knock him out, there's, like, Darius is better uh, rest, uh, wrestling, like a uh, better jiu-jitsu. A Drew Dober body people. Yeah. Drew Dober hits awful hard grip. <laughs> hits a tremendously hard. And he's a good wrestler. And he's good enough takedown defense. And he's, uh, yeah, that's a bad night for Paddy Pimblet, I think. Well, yeah. What, what do you think you do next with him? Do you think someone like Drew Dober is it? Yeah, well, I think, you know, after after a year off, maybe you can kind of, maybe the cardio will approve after that. But I think if you're going to go in against any of them, as you said, any of these guys in the top 15 and you're going to you're gonna fade like that, it's, it's going to be big trouble. So maybe he needs to kind of another fight before he kind of steps up uh, in competition. Just to kind of get the cobwebs off, you know, make sure the, the injury and, and all that stuff, and hopefully not, you know, 
obviously he's going to put on a bit of weight in between camps, but not to balloon up and all that stuff. I think staying ready and fighting regularly for maybe a couple of fights and then taking a step up to maybe a Moyakano or a Bobby Green or a Drew Dobe or somebody in the, in the lower the lower top 15 rankings. But yeah, I think there's, there's, there's still holes that need to be closed in Paddy's game. But like, you know, you can say that about a lot of fighters and maybe because Paddy's kind of, you know, a big character and so people are expecting more from him and he has a big fan base and people are, you know, hyping him up and stuff. So you, maybe he will get that top 15 shot. But I think for Paddy's career and for the best for Paddy, I think another, not a warm-up fight, like I think Tody was a bit of a warm-up fight, but a stepping stone fight before the top 15 would probably be the way to go for Paddy. Yeah, I would probably say... Uh, yeah, maybe. Although, like, you're, like, what, what are you going to do with Paddy? Like, you know, I, I don't think, he, like, he's going to lose one of these fights eventually. Like, so you might as well put him in there in the top 15 against someone and see how it goes. Like, whether it's, say, someone like an RDA, maybe, who, you know, maybe shot as well. You know, put him in there with him, try to get him a ranking, and then, you know, throw him in there with the winner, McGregor Chandler, or something like that. You know, I think it'll be, I I, I thought for a good while, like, McGregor versus, uh, Paddy Pimblett would be the fight to make, but look, we'll, we'll see on that one. But anyway, on, on we go with Paddy. Uh, we'll run through the rest of the card here because we'll be here all day. Josh Emmett was... You you think this is KO the year, Graham, do you? What a fucking knockout. Unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think uh, the sound off it on the... It definitely a ferocious, you know. Um, I'm kind of... I had picked another another one for my pick for, for, fight, or for uh, knockout of the year, but... I'm going to let it settle a little bit before I decide, but this one is definitely, definitely a strong contender, you know. Uh, not just the the landing, but the kind of reaction or the 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 way he fell and the way he kind of seized up, and it's scary for people. Like, uh, I, like I have epilepsy; I haven't had a seizure in a good few years, but I used to have seizures, and it, it does freak people out. But you know, it's it's a, it looks a lot worse than it is. Um, you, you'd be grand like five ten minutes later, but it's not a good look. You know, it's it's scary enough for for people who who are watching on, and obviously you want to make sure that. The fighter's okay, and he he, he stood up, and maybe I think I, like the commentary was right, you know, sit the guy down, let him recover. Um, but yeah, in the end, he was. It, it seems, or the reports are that that he's okay, he's fine. But it is it is worrying when somebody gets knocked out that hard, and then obviously the the the, the kind of fit afterwards is is also a really bad visual. But I think you know that he'll he'll be okay he'll be fine but yeah it's a it's a big loss and it's a heavy loss and it's a you know it's a huge huge win for josh emmett like a really big win for him um bryce mitchell I, like he, he's a very good fighter he's a difficult matchup and josh emmett just absolutely annihilated him so you kind of sometimes forget about how good the the performance of the the victor was when the kind of the worry about the the knockout fighters there but and all credit to Josh Emmett coming in there and doing that. And yeah, that's, um, uh, it's not really the, the visual the UFC want people or want MMA in general, uh, want, you know, people to come away with. But I think it's one of those cases where it kind of looks a lot worse than, than it is. Yeah. It, it's one of those ones where like you see people being knocked out all the time, but then when you see someone knocked out, and they're like convulsing on the ground. It's like, oh Jesus Christ! It's like, uh, like it's very, very, very worrying. And then when he stands up and like he, he can barely stand, like minutes later, she's like, I feel, I feel in that situation there needs to be like a better way 
of dealing with fighters. Like, there needs to be some sort of, like, you know, could we get, like, a wheelchair in there? And like get a ramp down the cage and try to get a fighter out without them. Having, fighter's gonna want to sit in that wheelchair. And get I know, but down. like these are frightful people. Yeah, let's keep them off camera, especially like they had him on camera when he was convulsing. Is well. like do do we do we need really need to see that? Does Bryce Mitchell really need for people to look at him in that way? I, I thought I thought that was a bit bad. Now, like I'm I I am against people. You know, if they don't not show it on people and people say, "Oh, did you see him convulsing?" and then there's it kind of looks like oh, they're hiding it or something. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. But at the same time, like, is that fair on Bryce Mitchell? Like, it's it's maybe unfair on the audience and unfair on the sport and everything like that. But. Uh, yeah, it's look. It's a tough one. I, I I don't know if there's a right answer to that. To be honest, but it just it didn't look right. But as you you made a great point there. It, it was such a great knockout that we felt bad for the opponent. Like it, it was like it almost took it away from Josh Emmett. It was so unbelievably good. But we must you can't really Josh be up Emmett. on the up on the cage, go giving it loads while no, the guys like having a fade yeah. in the cage. Like it's not a good look. It's fucking. But at the same time. An absolutely insane KO by Josh Emmett. Brilliant. Fucking unbelievable. And uh, he'll move back into to contention there, I suppose, in, in 145. Uh, then we had uh, Minifield Jacoby. Again, a close enough fight, but Jacoby again loses a fight that uh, he just doesn't do enough on. Like, he lands a lot of shots. And then Minifield comes in the third round with that big uh, right hand, I believe it was, and uh, takes the decision there. Not more, much more to be said than that. Uh, Aldana Rosa. Uh, this is a, a late contender for fight of the year. This is an absolute fucking barn burner of a fight. Two of them with absolutely bloodied face. I've never seen someone as composed as Carol Hossa in the third round here, where her face was it just mangled and her liver was just falling apart with Aldana after attacking it. And she was just like, oh yeah, grand. You know, <laughs> she didn't react. Well, she reacted to body shots, but to the, the face just being bludgeoned, she barely fucking reacted. But um, very very encouraging performance from Aldana because last time out and we said in the previous show she she shit the bed right Let, let's be honest she didn't throw a punch and to come out here and throw a thousand punches against Hossa is a real good sign so brilliant fight at night fight of the year contender absolute uh, absolute war of a fight um, Cody Garber knocked out Brian Kelleher then in probably the most predictable fight at night um, yeah, you got it right anyway I, I did indeed but like uh, you know, pat in the back for me, but not that big of a pat in the back. Like these are, like Cody Garbrandt is not, you know, not like Tony Ferguson or not that old or whatever, where he's can't still throw punches. The problem with Cody Garbrandt is maybe he throws too many punches and he gets drawn into wars and his chin isn't as good as other people. But when you're fighting someone like Brian Keller, who is so many levels below you, uh, you're always going to win that fight. Like you're, you, that's the sort of fight Cody Garbrandt should be getting into a fucking war with because like he's always going to come out on top in that one. So, uh, and he did walk off knockout with uh, the right hand. Ariana Lipsky in with an Amber, Amber. I fuck. I can't believe the one Ariana Lipsky fight that she like loses terribly. I bet like fucking a hundred quid on her or something. And now <laughs> I'm like, oh, you have to I'm telling everyone you have to bet on her. And she's won fucking every fight since, just destroying people. And I I find it weird as well, right? The commentary, and I see people online. It's like, oh, Ariana Lipsky has made like clear improvements. And look, she has, but. Lipsky was fucking fantastic in KSW. It's when she came to the UFC, she just fought really badly a few times. 
but like she has been good since this is not I don't think this is m- as much evolution as people uh, think I think it's more getting back to how good she is while adding pieces to it um, do you, you think know? Casey Neonio was bad as well I think she was she was yeah no she didn't look good yeah, at I all I think she's like you know in her last even the, the win the split decision win over Roxanne I thought she looked rubbish and she obviously lost two since then uh, her last win was against An- Antonia Shevchenko like you know more than a couple of years ago now I think the hype train or whatever you want to say the the hype has been kind of thoroughly derailed it has um, it has indeed yeah. you know Roxanne's like from a, a bygone era of MMA you know and she was people can pretend and the Americans can make all this stuff up or whatever the American media like they did a few years ago but she's she's extremely limited and you know I think Casey O'Neill has a lot of work to do to get to the level where you know she can compete with even somebody like a Lipsky and obviously Lipsky as you said maybe had a bit of a tough transition from from KSW to UFC but on her day you know when she puts it together and she gets into the flow she is she is very difficult so maybe you know it's it's not the worst loss in the world for Casey O'Neill but considering her last two fights before that I think I think it's safe enough to say that maybe she's not as good as people people touted her to be 100% I, I would agree with that um the the prelims were actually very good. A lot of finishes there. Ulan Bekov got a lovely finish uh, against uh, Cody Durden with the rear naked choke. There was a a lovely knockout as well by uh, Andre Touchy Feely who beat Lucas Almeida and Shamil Garcia have got a knockout as well. Uh, any any thoughts on any of them? That that yeah, the first fight like that, mm-hmm. but fight. What's she get a stoppage there? I think. Yeah. Um, I I was. Uh, I was actually I thought watching. The Feely fight was a great stoppage, you know. Brilliant. Even though he wasn't landing the biggest punches, it was like you're just getting hit in the face, and your hands are beside your head, but not blocking your head because you're you're out of it. But in the in the Boudet one, I think he did block like ninety percent of the shots, um, and was still on his feet. I think that was a bit that was a bit of a harsh stoppage. Yeah, I yeah I I wouldn't disagree with you there, but I I do agree with you on the Feely one as well. Like hers, like he got knocked down. Herzog gave him a chance, exactly what we've been talking about recently. Took, hard as well. Yeah, took too much damage, and, and that was that. And also, the Ulenbekov one. Like, he put, uh, it was Chris Tione refereeing, and Ulenbekov put his toes in the cage, I would say, at least oh. eight times, and he didn't take away and the when position. When it leads to the position that, like, yeah. yeah. You have to take away you know, the position there. He's holding himself up with the toes in the yeah. cage, like. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that was really bad and it directly led to the finish, which yeah. is... Uh, well, I think you should, like, you know, you should do that. If you're going to lose position or whatever, you should do that because what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, 100%. the rest is probably going to let, let it go the first 18 to 20 times you do it, if not more. So, like, yeah, like, you shouldn't do it. But if, there, if you know, if in any sport the ref's going to let you away with it, you, you can't really you can't really fault the guy for, for doing it, like, you know. So I think we need to see when people commit multiple fouls uh, or single foul that leads to leads to like a, a you know a big moment uh, in your favor in the fight I think something has to be done really like it has to be like yeah. people know the rules they're told the rules in the, in the pre-fight meeting the ref goes into their locker room like they're well aware but if the refs aren't going to enforce it yeah it'd be kind of it'd be kind of stupid not to take advantage of that really 100 percent um so that's that for the ufc just quickly on on ksw uh they had a really good card as well um 
Manus Firminas went over there and he, he lost uh, Adrian uh, Gribish. Uh, in a, I suppose a bit of a surprise there. Um, Simon Bejor beat Victor Pesta by a split decision. I think they were kind of hoping Pesta might win that and fight for the title next, but Bejor uh, goes on. Uh, he lost his last fight for the title, so I don't know if he'll get it or not. Martin Held also lost uh, here um, against uh, Raul uh, Tartorauli whose name I pronounce all as well. Damien Janikowski beat Tommy Romanowski by decision, as did Pavel Pavlak against Mikhail Matarla. But the big fight of the night, uh, Saladin Parnas uh, lost Adrian uh, Bartosinski. Well, he was going for the third um, weight division title there. I, wa- I watched the fight and it was it was unanimous you know, decision for Bartosinski and, and I think it was right, but it was a oh, closer right. fight. A yeah. lot, lot of clinching, a lot of like touching, you know, the body inside again, the clinch and stuff. And yeah, not a classic round by any means. Did you think the decision was right? It was, it was a close one, wasn't it really? Yeah, I, like uh, my stream wasn't great. Uh, so it did stop a few times, but unless I missed something major, uh, I think... It was extremely close the whole the whole fight, but I do think the size advantage was used well uh, by Bartoszkinski, and the knee was kind of the the biggest moment of the, yeah. the third the round, kind of wasn't it? Knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's hard to argue with the decision, but you know, if if a couple of vital moments had happened a little bit differently, or uh, a big strike landed in in a couple of different rounds, you know, it was that close that it could have swung and it would have been some achievement to to have those three belts. But I do think the the size advantage just was was a little bit too much in the end. And obviously it was a, a really nice knee as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Good effort from Barnes, but I think calling for the rematch uh, I don't know. I don't know if we if we need to see it again. Uh, it wasn't exactly the most exciting fight, and I do think the the right guy won. So, uh, you know, fighting up two weight classes, I think just go back down to one of your other weight classes and and continue there. And yeah, I think you know it was a, it was a a good, a good idea by KSW yeah, to make it happen to go the first ever kind of attempt at it but I don't think we want to see this immediately again I don't think I want to see it immediately again anyway. no I, I think like they're going to uh, Paris France as well and Paranas is going to be on that card so you know have him fight on uh, lightweight and that and maybe have another lightweight fight and maybe then try it again like I've, I've no problem with it trying it again but I, I agree with you not uh, not immediately but um, you know good, another good night for KSW and a great year for KSW as well um as we look forward in, you know, obviously there's no UFC now until the 13th of January and uh, over the next couple of weeks we will have uh, the 20 ball predictions next week as the podcast and then the week after we'll have the award show as always. So just uh, a quick look ahead to some of the big MMA that's coming up between uh, now and then. Uh, the biggest card I would say is, is Octagon. Um, it's coming up on the 29th. Um, I'll be doing a preview for that over on uh, over on Sherdog, so tune in for that. But uh, Patrick Clinic against uh, Velasco Sepo is the uh, the main event there, and then Bojan Valievich and Andre Mikolaidis in the the tournament finale. Carlos Vamola on, also on the card uh, as well. But uh, it's a pretty good card there. So um, you know if you to, to whet the appetite over the uh, over the Christmas period, and two days later, Risen uh, forty five is on, which is also pretty good. Uh, Archuleta against Asakura. Uh, Yoji Haraguchi's on the card, as is Kleber uh, um, uh, Koike-Erst, who has had a b- few big fights recently. John Dodson also against Hiramasa uh, Kubu, who's fought um, uh, who's fought Haraguchi and a couple of lads a few times as well. So, 
Yeah, not a not a bad card there at all. Um, tonight, Graham, a few Irish lads fighting in combat. Um, Palahan is on it. Lee Hammond, uh, Keen Cowley, and um, Stephen Costello. Stephen Costello. Did he? Yeah, and there's um, uh, uh, oh God, her name just fails me now. Brad Katona's uh, other half re- representing Ireland coming over from Canada. We've always said Brad Katona and, and her were uh, were Irish, so yeah. Katie Saul. Katie yeah. Saul, yeah. So it's the um, the Canadian, sorry, the Irish versus Mexican card there. So it's on Fight TV, I believe, if you're listening to this on, on Sunday. Uh, tune in and, and watch that. A, a, a big night for Irish MMA again. So we'll obviously, we'll have some sort of podcast and we'll, we'll chat about that somewhere as well. So best of luck to, uh, to all the lads there. And uh, it's great to see Lee back in. Obviously, you know, we, we spoke a bit about him last week, but, uh, you know, Lee obviously going through tough like that. Keen Cowley has uh, had his setbacks down through the years, but building back up again. You know, uh, Stephen Castle, very good athlete. Palahan, um, you know, won, won a couple of our awards um, over the last few years. So very good. And, and Katie Saul as well, obviously a very good uh, representative of women's MMA in Ireland. So big night for uh, for Irish MMA. And uh, we leave it at that. Everybody... Uh, we won't be going away for the Christmas holidays we will have podcasts all the time and uh, so stay tuned in every Sunday as always if you want them even earlier and if you want additional stuff patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast I know there'll be a lot of people not doing podcasts over the Christmas so if you want extra ones and you need them now's a good time to sign up to Patreon it's only a fiver so um yeah, sign up there and we'll, we'll have a few we, uh, extra podcasts. Myself and Harry have a very good Speaker's Corner coming out this Thursday and it's all about belts. So Harry reckons you can have uh, mixed martial arts but you don't need belts. And I'm just like, what? what? <laughs> so we have a, a good discussion on that for about 40 minutes. So that'll be out uh, That'll be out this Thursday. I'll have the Q&A out on Wednesday and uh, loads more good stuff. Maybe even earlier this week. We'll see on that. But uh, lots of good stuff over there. Um Check out our friends as well over on Caldera Lab. Use the promo code um, SEVEREMMA to get 20% off there. And uh, uh, head on over as well to our good friends at the MMATriviaChampionship.com and have a Christmas discount over there. So uh, 500 of the hardest questions on the world's toughest sports. So head over there. Graham, see us out. Quarter of the week, quarter of the year. Let us know. Quarter of the year. Do unto others as they done to you, but what in the hell is this world coming to? Blow the universe into nothingness. Nuclear warfare shall lay us to rest. Beautiful. All right, lads. We'll see you next week. We'll see you the week after. And we'll see you in the new year. Merry Christmas and good luck.